As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. This is Soccer Devils, the Athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United. We are going to react to that narrow victory over West Ham. United showing all sorts of resilience to get the job done. Marcus Rashford bringing up his ton with the key goal in the game. Harry Maguire lasted 90 minutes. It isn't the story. That's a positive. We'll talk about the United atmosphere. We'll preview the trip to La Real. Not Sociedad, because Andy Mitten will slap my legs. Um, and we'll also, of course... Uh, no... We'll also, of course, that, uh, have a couple of candy kittens. I've just presented them right in his oh, face. Oh, very nice. And now he's really distracted. Carl yeah. Anker, I'm going to get that correct today, yep. is alongside me here at Old Trafford. We've watched the game. Andy Mitten is over in Barcelona as well. Hello, Andy. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I've, having watched that win, I enjoyed it. Um, wasn't the best game ever, but... I tell you what, that victory, that victory was nearly as sweet as Candy Kitten's very cherry. So I'm going to help myself to one of those. Fancy one, Kate. Yeah, cheers, yep. There we go. We'll carry on, Andre. Yeah, looking at you two eating sweets, and I've got a sweet tooth, and I've got no sweets, uh, sweets with me. I felt that um, there was a lot of encouragement from what I saw among Manchester United today. Uh, Marcus Rashford continues to look confident. Um, scored the goal. A year ago, I think Manchester United would have probably conceded late on in that game. thought Lissandro Martinez was excellent. thought West Ham were very good, actually. And they felt that they deserved something. I thought Harry Maguire, shaky in the first half, much better in the second half. Uh, Casimiro keeps bringing the balance. David De Gea, we should mention him as well. That's who I missed out in that intro when I got distracted by Carl Sweets. Incredible. <laughs> Luis Enrique needs his head testing. We'll come on to that, definitely. And we've been here, Carl. What did you think of, of that United display? Second half was poor, really, to be honest, but it showed a different side of this team. First half, good. Second half, a real test uh, display of the resilience of Manchester United. Like Andy said, there was a point you know, a year ago, you're watching that and you're thinking United are going to concede or even you know, end up losing that game. West Ham were really throwing in a lot of crosses in the second half I think the first half the, the majority of the attacks came from Ben Rama who was trying to attack the space that Dallow was vacating when Dallow was inverting uh, and then 
as United changed shape to a 4-3-3 I didn't, didn't think that worked no. it very much became a, a case of alright batting down the hatches and just get loads of headers in and Dale Godalo I really want to you know give him some flowers he was superb defending the back post um, it, it, it what says flowers I'll, would you buy him if you could buy him so uh, I mean considering the weather I'll try and get him some tulips or something nice um, right let's talk about Marcus Rashford then he's the place to start he scored his 100th goal for Manchester United today it was a header reminiscent of Cristiano Ronaldo and then he went and did a 100 celebration that Ronaldo did many years ago as well um, I'm presuming he did that on purpose. But let's hear from Marcus then before we talk about him. This is him talking about how much that landmark had been playing on his mind in recent weeks. It's probably been on my mind for, for the last couple of games. Um, but, you know, it's, we've been winning games, so I've been, I've been happy. You know, I've been just waiting for it to come. And, you know, thankfully today it came. I need to be scoring a few more headers, though. I feel like I've, you know, I've got a decent jump. I just need to work on, you know, attacking the ball and just getting the initial contact. Um, but I just, for me, it's about just getting in the areas. I need to keep getting in the areas, and then you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the goals will come. To be honest, it's a completely different energy um, around the whole, the, the club and the, the training ground and stuff like that. So that, for a start, puts me in a better headspace, um, and I just feel really motivated now. Last year, I think I struggled at times, um, more just mental things, um, not really, you know, my own performance. It was, it was other things off the pitch, and um, you know, um, it's. That's the biggest difference. I think for us, we have to try and get in the right headspace for every game. Um, too often last time, uh, last season, I wasn't in the right headspace for the game. So That was Marcus Rashford speaking to Sky Sports after the game. The point about his headspace, like he said, from last season, we definitely should talk about. But first, the header, his second header this week. Incredibly, only seven of the 100, Carl, are headers. That's something he's working on, isn't it? It must be. Definitely, definitely. It's amazing, wasn't was, it? Uh, Plays cards quite close to his chest when we asked how has it improved. Uh, Ten Hag said he spoke to Marcus before the season started and said heading something he definitely had to work on, um, and, and very much talked about this mental side of Marcus's game uh, and how Marcus is now more resilient uh, and he's uh, he comes in he's more confident and he's more composed when he plays. In terms of just the mechanics of headers, I mean. Andy, your mates with Benny McCarthy, do you think they've been working on it? Yeah, Jordan mm-hmm. Hambleton's asked us about that, Andy, actually. How much of an impact do you think, you think Benny McCarthy's had on Rashford's heading in well, the last few weeks? The best header I've seen scored against Manchester United in my life, I think, was Benny McCarthy for Porto. It was the one header that Fergie picked out in his autobiography. Uh, Benny's enjoying it, he's doing well, the players like him. Pretty difficult to speak about him in recent weeks when the team have not been scoring enough goals because... Everyone would just hit back and say, yeah, but we've you know only got one or we've only got two or our goal difference is zero. It moved off zero today. We're on one. We're on one. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah, celebrate with your sweets. But <laughs> in the 15th minute, Marcus, is, is, he manoeuvred to get a really strong header uh, and then obviously his goal. I'm really enjoying watching Marcus Rashford play at the moment and he kept using that word headspace and how I believe it because there was times last year where it just didn't look like he was in... A good place mentally and it was affecting his football it looks like he's enjoying playing now he's rapid it's exciting when he gets the ball I think it's great because there were times when he would absolutely have considered the interest in him moving away from Manchester United and that would have been a shame local lad United fan I wouldn't say he's prolific yet I think that's his next stage to become a prolific goal scorer and I think he knows that as well but if we're if we're marking the players up to now this season, Marcus Rashford would be one of the top uh, three or four Manchester United players. We've not been able to say that for a long time. 
No, that's true. Carl, you know him better than any of us. You can see in Marcus, can't you? He wears his heart on his sleeve, how he's feeling. But at the moment, watching him play, this is as good a moment as he's been in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think if you consider United's strongest front four last season didn't include Marcus Rashford. Um, and coming into this season, there was a lot of conversation as to would Rashford or Jaden Sancho be the starting option on the left-hand side. Uh, and it's not just that Rashford's the, the starting option on the left-hand side, but also he's probably the best starting option through the middle as the number nine at the moment because Ronaldo, again, had a forgettable 90 frustrating minutes. 90 minutes. Yeah. He, he, he snatched that tree of chances in the second half. So, yeah, I think Rashford's he's playing with a smile on his face. He's running in behind, which is what he's best at. And he feels encouraged to keep running in behind. I think in the third minute, there was a chance. You know, Dallow gets on the ball from a Casemiro pass and sort of whips it in. Uh, and Rashford is sort of steams in front of Ronaldo to try and get a shot away. And they sort of apologise and go, oh, sorry about that. But that's a sort of, oh. <laughs> he wouldn't have done that last he, season. He would not have done that last no. season. Um, no. So, yeah, I think as long as Rashford keeps running into those opportunities he's going to get goals this season the thing that did surprise me I didn't really see I didn't, had no idea he'd get this good at heading this quickly mm. I thought the Rashford we were going to get was maybe the Rashford of 2021 whereas he appears to be downloading new skills and learning new tools which is a a really a good testament to Ten Hag's setup the fact that players are now getting better was his first goal against Arsenal a header his no, first no, Premier League goal I think that was a was six it? yard right footed was it? So was it the second goal then? He definitely scored a header, didn't he, against he Arsenal did. on his yeah, Premier yeah. League debut? That mad week that he had. That's still got to be the most remarkable start to a football <laughs> career, hasn't it? Every time I talk about it, it still seems crazy. The one always, it's the press conference he does afterwards, where I think it's a TV thing. You, know, you scored in your first touch, and he does with that broad mank accent. He goes, yeah, just like in Europa. Yeah. Like, yeah, good, good. Smile on his face. Absolutely. It's great to see, isn't it? And at that he was the one who scored the winner today, considering... The 30th of October marks the 85th anniversary of United beginning this incredible streak. We spoke about it on the last podcast, but today is the day. Uh, over 4,000 consecutive matches with an academy graduate in the squad. I think there was five or six of them in there today, if you include the bench as well. Um, absolutely brilliant for Manchester United. Long may it continue, and it looks healthy with the players who are coming through the squad at the moment as well. Andy, you've been speaking to Neil Wood, who's of course had a hand in in keeping that record going this week. There's an article on The Athletic. We'll come back to the West Ham game in a moment, but just a word on Neil, if we can. Um, an interesting article, if people want to go and read that, Andy. What's the standout points for you? Well, Neil wanted to become Football League manager, and he'd done very well at Manchester United uh, as a youth coach, and he, he headed up the 23s, and then he got offered the Salford job. He's doing well at Salford so far this season. Uh, the feedback I had from Salford fans was positive about him. But I thought it would have been remiss not to ask him about players like uh, Garnacho and Kobe Mainu and the young lads who he worked with. There's a nice story in there about how he was in Manchester two Saturdays ago uh, in a restaurant in South Manchester with his partner and he saw Alvaro Fernandez who's doing very well at Preston North End. And, and Neil thought, should I pay for his bill? Because they had a good connection. And then he came to ask for the bill and... Fernandez had already paid for him, so oh. nice little touch, good, good, good respect, and he's still quite a young coach who injury curtailed his career, and that meant that he could start very young. Kieran McKenna, similar to him, who's doing very well at Ipswich Town, so it was good to sit down with Neil in Ermston. I'm from Ermston. I grew up probably 200 metres away from Neil Wood, so... There were lots of sort of touch points there. And 200 metres, that's very specific. Have you measured it? 
I've wound him up about it because it's basically the, the border between Urmston and Stretford. Right. You know, this is a major international border. Yeah, turf wars. <laughs> and I would obviously say to him, I ran the barrio and he would disagree with it. So <laughs> we basically lock, we lock horns over a coffee outside Urmston train station. Sounds good, yeah. And obviously people can go and read that on The Athletic at the moment. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Let's go back to the game then. So United's form, unbeaten in eight, winning six. To be fair, it could have easily been eight wins as well, really, considering Marcus had a chance right at the end of that Newcastle game to win it. And United had so many chances and looked a lot brighter away at Stamford Bridge as well, which ended up being a draw. But it's the it's the defence now, Carl, isn't it? Incredible. Here at Old Trafford, Manchester United have not conceded a goal in all competitions for 481 matches. I didn't have time before I came on the podcast. Minutes, not matches. I wish it was oh, 481. Did I just say matches? matches. That'd be nice You're if good it was at pointing out my errors at the minute. You're very sharp. Um, 481 matches it might become, but it's minutes for the moment. But that, I didn't have time to go and look back at when the last time United did that was, but it must have been a while ago. It's, they look they look really strong at the back at the minute, and David De Gea is there if they're not. You consider that goal that United did concede to Real Sociedad was a a bit of a soft penalty for yeah. a handball against Lissandro Martinez. I mean, Martinez, where have you been all my life? What's that about? <laughs> he's just in, he's incredible. I'd share a bag of candy kittens with Absolutely. him anytime. I think the obviously there's a lot of conversation about his height. Um, and, but the great thing about Martinez is obviously he understands that he, he can't go shoulder to shoulder with every single centre-back so he has to make sure his timing is absolutely perfect or as close to perfect every time and I very rarely see Martinez leap when he shoots out of that back four to make a tackle he is bang on every time uh, and if he does get a book in well he probably crunched them a little bit too hard I really enjoyed there was a little segment in the second half where he you know he did go shoulder to shoulder against Mikel Antonio uh, and Antonio who is much stronger uh, and a lot taller, couldn't really get you know couldn't really get off him. He was like this this guy's a pest and, and can't leave me alone. Uh, and he also had a, he had a great pass for Christian Eriksen when Eriksen was offside. That I mean, it was just, his passing from deep is so important mm. to alleviate the problems David De Gea has with passing from deep. And I think what's really good about this back four, when it's at full strength, or even indeed against West Ham, is they are. Uh, beginning to cover up each other's weaknesses. Yes, not yeah. only relationships in, are building in that sense, aren't they? Yeah, um, and I think that's been really important. So De Gea's weaknesses from kicking and are being covered by Alessandro Martinez. And I think 
Martinez was quite good covering from Maguire when Maguire was having problems retreating uh, when Ben Rama was attacking that right hand space as well so promising a promising def- I think the defence right now for Manchester United is top four quality the question now is the chance creation uh, and how they sustain pressure on opponents is that going to be good enough to finish in those top four spaces? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It's certainly a vast improvement, isn't it, on the start of the season where it looked like United could concede goals at will. Um, David De Gea, you said before, Andy, that you were 200 metres from Neil Wood. How far are you away from Luis Enrique? Um, I did actually go to his old house, but he's moved to Madrid now. He's the, um, he's the oh, co- so it's quite coach a of Spain, then. so I can't go around there and pass on the message from you, which is probably... Go on, what is it? I, I can't believe that Luis Enrique can watch that game today and believe that David De Gea is at best the sixth best Spanish goalkeeper at the moment. Those two saves in the second half, particularly the Kurt Zuma one, which was pretty much behind him as he's reaching back to get it, are as good as it gets. As good as it gets for a goalkeeper. Yes, okay, I understand the question marks about him playing out from the back uh, in the build-up. I understand the criticism of that. But if you watch that, they are match-winning saves. They're as important a moment in a football match that a goalkeeper can ever bring. I-, I can't believe that Enrique has got so little faith in him that he's at best sixth choice. I mean, we're talking Unai Simon, David Rea, Sanchez, Kepper, even Gattafi's David Soria, all ahead of De Gea in the 55-man provisional Spanish World Cup squad. Andy, please... Tell me that I'm wrong. I don't think I am, though. I thought David was spectacular today against West Ham. I think his time has been and gone with Spain under Luis Enrique. He didn't have a great Euro 16. The World Cup in Russia was was bad for him for a long time. And, And I'd say even now his stock in Spain is a lot lower than it is in England among Manchester United fans. Sixth best Spanish goalkeeper yeah, no, I, at best. I'm not. Though. I'm not. Really? I'm, I'm not going to say that he shouldn't be. That he should be the number one because Unai Simon's done done well. Uh, but I, I, well, te- no, I, te- but I to, take your to point. Be in the squad. Sixth, no, I, t- I totally take your point. It and it also seems bizarre. Is it a personal thing? N- not to my knowledge. I think that Luis Enrique is pretty straight, and he'll tell players to their face, "This is why I'm not selecting you." So I've heard no evidence of it being uh, anything personal. And there's a lot of very good Spanish goalkeepers. I think you, you, your point is a valid one. And uh, the, the, probably the best paid goalkeeper in the world not going to the World Cup in any shape or form is, is an odd one. And his save today meant that Manchester United get another three points. I think if that would have been a draw... That would have been three draws out of four. I would have been really frustrated if that would have been a draw. I get that. Even though they played well, even though they came strong at the end, they finished strongly. I like your points about the the defence, all getting stuck in, all helping each other out. Varane is a first-choice starter for me, but Maguire was defending really well when it properly came on top. Martinez is probably the number one defender at the moment. Delo, I noticed after the game, Ten Hag was talking about him praising him. He also said he wants another. He needs two right backs, and that was that was pretty specific. He doesn't want to rely on one right back. And then Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw's playing well. Doesn't say much for Aaron Wan-Bissaka either, does it? Really? No. It, no. It, it, yeah, puts question marks on Wan-Bissaka's future and probably Brandon Williams's future as well. Yeah. Um, but I th- I'm pleasantly surprised by how much Dallow has kicked on. I did not see him being this good 
at these many things this quickly into this tenure. And I, I keep going back to the performance he had against Villarreal at Old Trafford last season, where he looked at sea trying yeah, to play at, mm. in this inverted fullback uh, system in a 4-3-3 whereas now he absolutely understands when is the correct time to go inside of a langer and attack the penalty area when is the right time, time to deliver the cross and also he gets back quickly uh, Maguire didn't make as many tackles as I think he would have wanted to make but in the first half in particular he had quite a few good delaying runs which were very much I'm going to just stand in place and eventually Dallow is going to come here and make the tackle with you which in time hopefully that relationship can build up in, in future games as well it was an ideal 90 minutes, wasn't it, really, for Harry Maguire, in a sense, to get a clean sheet, to get a victory, and just to get through it, really. It just felt really important for him that, especially, we didn't mention it in relation to Marcus Rashford, and it's important, but Gareth Southgate being here as well. Yeah, I think, I think Maguire will be the focus of my piece when that goes out on Monday, and I'll save Rashford scoring 100 goals for later on in the week. Sorry, Marcus. Um, <laughs> one thing that did stick out with, with Maguire is he, did, he had a tackle in the second half uh, Maguire very often does this where things get a bit too hectic and United are, are, are risking a counter-attack or transition moment and Maguire will just go I'll take the yellow card now sort chill of, everyone out yeah. almost get, give everyone a breath and he sort of shot out of the back four made this big crunching tackle and the play stopped and everyone sort of looked at the referee going are you going to give him the yellow uh, and back in the day Maguire's I mean one Maguire's timing was so good that it wouldn't be a yellow card thing but Maguire himself physically stopped as well and looked at the ref and you go no don't, the cogs are turning your head stop thinking about things just get on with it <laughs> he also had a, he had a brilliant bot block right near full time on Jared Bowen and that was a proper old school Maguire mm. tackle the sort of thing that when he's good he does that all the time and I think that will put me in, in better stead Ten Hag said some relatively positive things uh, at full time I asked him is the plan to keep Maguire at right centre back from now on and he said yeah he thinks he's better on the right hand side which uh, if I'm Maguire I'm probably wincing a little bit because he still doesn't seem the most comfortable on the right and wants to be on the left but when Martinez is this good you're not going to play on the left anymore No, that's the way <laughs> you're getting in the team Yeah, It felt ideal in a sense Andy as well because obviously Varane picked up that injury against Chelsea Victor Lindelof wasn't in the squad today because he was ill um, with the greatest possible respect to Harry he was the only uh, centre-back left but that's exactly the scenario that he needed in a way to get him back in the team and, and just to stop him being a talking point or the story in some senses, it was great just to get through it without any major notes either way. That's how football works. That's how Marcus Rashford got his debut in, in unforeseen circumstances all those years ago that you were talking about. Uh, Maguire has slipped down the pecking order. He, club captain, yet he wouldn't be in the starting eleven for the idealised eleven of, of most fans. I think some of the criticism of him has gone too far. It's been, been pernicious. And his, no booze today, by his, the way. His, 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 his stock is low, but I think he he will get more support from certainly at away matches from Manchester United fans. Lissandro Martinez become a cult hero. Uh, the Red Army have had a big Argentina flag uh, made for him, uh, which was outside the ground. Also outside the ground before the game, a, a friend of mine told me that Cristiano Ronaldo signed countless autographs just didn't stop signing autographs for young kids. So it's only a little thing and anyone can do it, but it's not a bad thing either. So with Harry, uh, and I've spoke to him about this uh, because I, I interviewed him maybe a month ago. He's got to get the World Cup is a massive thing for him. Uh, he was obviously travelling to watch England as a fan before he was playing for England, but he knows that to be in the World Cup, he needs to be playing. And from his perspective, uh, Varane's injury has given him that chance to play. 
And I felt he got better as the game went on. And as you said, that those blocks towards the end, clean sheet does well for your confidence. And it's all right him saying, I shut out all the abuse. He is only human. Some of it is bound to... Yeah, it's impossible almost, isn't it? Yeah, to seep through. So, good day that Manchester United can win against a West Ham side who were good enough to really stretch Manchester United. Manchester United were making defensive substitutions towards the end, bringing on Fred to close down the midfield and to, to hold on, because West Ham could have scored. Uh, a West Ham team who spent a lot of money in, o- over the summer. I think that's a really good result. I thought it would be 1-0, one, one because... It's just a, a Manchester United, West Ham United um, scoreline. That's six games now where one goal has decided it between Manchester United and West Ham. Yep. I think one note on the substitutions. I think when Ten Hag watches the game back, he will he might slightly regret the order of these substitutions and the people he brought on. I thought it was quite telling that when he brought off Anthony Alanga, it was for Scott McTominay and he changed to a 4-3-3 rather than bring on Jadon Sancho to play on the right-hand side. Uh, we, we talk about Gareth Southgate was present at Old Trafford I would imagine now Jaden Sancho is not on Gareth Southgate's plans for the final 26 person squad um, which is unfortunate I think Sancho when Sancho is good he's he's a benefit to any team he's on but like Andy said in the idealised 11 or in many fans eyes what's the idealised Manchester United 11 it might not include Jaden Sancho at this point in time as he when he does play is a little bit too reluctant to take on his man and now there is an opportunity or a space for a player like Anthony Alanga or for a player like Garnacho. You mentioned Anthony. Um, did Tenag say any more post-match about Anthony's uh, well, minor injury, I think was how it was described? Yes, he was asked by what part of the body is it hurt that was injured and he simply replied, the leg. Okay. Which is uh, <laughs> something... Some, Tenag didn't start off making jokes at the start of the season, but he's getting, he's getting to there. this point now where... Uh, I mean, two things are very apparent. When Tenog doesn't want to tell you something, you can try two or three different avenues and he will still stonewall you and not give you that answer. Yeah, but he understands now, doesn't yeah. he? There's enough of like, the language barrier has been broken down yeah. enough for him to get it now. Yeah. He understands that we all keep asking the questions and he definitely understands that when you're a Manchester United manager, you eventually you have to play some ball. Um, but the fact he's going for jokes rather than Kurt knows um, speaks to how confident he is now as Manchester United manager. So, yeah. yeah, the leg is injured. Uh, um, uh, the diagnosis before kickoff was a couple of days, so I, I think or I hope uh, Anthony is fit for Sunday against Aston Villa. He was present in one of the directors' boxes okay. going by his Instagram page. He was wearing yeah. a nice jacket, far too expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> what was the jacket like? One of those sort of uh, baseball uh, varsity jackets. Yeah, M- more you than me then in that sense. It's not even me anymore. I'm 31. No. I can't, I can't <laughs> I get with that sort of stuff. It as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Okay. Uh, we've established that Carl's piece on the match is likely to be focused on Harry Maguire. You can go and have a read of that on the Athletic uh, when you listen to this. If you listen to it on Monday, I'm sure it will be up there already. If you're not a subscriber, you can do so now. You can pay just one pound a month for the first six months when you do it uh, by signing up at theathletic.com forward slash Man United Pod.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Andy, you um, did a call to action, didn't you, uh, for the Manchester United Old Trafford faithful? Um, I can't remember what game it was after. Uh, you've written about it now, the atmosphere at Old Trafford on the Athletic as well. The piece is up there at the moment. How do you feel your call to action went down? I didn't see it as a call to action. I just write, <laughs> I've written about the atmosphere. I since, always think it was a call to since action, since don't you? If Andy tells me to do something, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a call to action. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the the atmosphere against Tottenham was was fantastic as well as the performance, and we've we've picked um, out different areas in the past on this podcast, mainly the the TRA section which has done really well for the Stratford end. I touched a bit on the new J stand area where you've got safe standing there now. Find out what's going on there with the young season tickets, but it was it was those primal screams against Tottenham. It's a wonderful thing to hear, and it's been so lacking as Manchester United have slipped from being such a top team and it, it's great and there's t- there's been five home games in in what 18 days so a lot of people have got a chance to get to them I've been really impressed by the attendances for the Europa League selling out the Europa League or coming close to selling out and one of the stats I put in the piece was on the way to the final in 17 only one of the seven home games were sold out so there's this real demand for seeing Manchester United live and it all plays into what we're talking about a more confident manager I I agree I thought he interviewed really well after the game Eric Ten Hag Marcus Rashford giving his most revealing interview for a long time because he's relaxed because he's happy because he's enjoying his job confidence that he's got at the moment as well yeah absolutely you you can see that fans feel something starting to happen and Pep Guardiola mentioned it ahead of the the weekend's games I wouldn't read too deeply into what (laughs) what he said But I actually think he, I think he's right, and I don't think Manchester United will win the league this year. But I'm enjoying watching the team, and I think the team can make a real go at top four. Whoopie do, we might say. But I think it is progress. Well, it win is the progress, FA Cup, isn't it? Or the league. Cup. My goodness, look at last season. Yes. You know, win, it's, it's win night Europa and day league. even to the start to this season. You know, so to even be in contention to have a conversation about, you know, challenging towards the top of the league or winning silverware again. This is exactly where we sort of wanted the team to be back. And especially after those first two matches, it looked as far away as ever, didn't it, in a sense, really. Um, and I think the Old Trafford crowd are responding to that as well. And like I say, you can go and read more about it in Andy's article, which is up on The Athletic at the moment. We need to preview this game in Sociedad. It's not Sociedad. Oops. <laughs> I knew that would get him. Let's <laughs> hook him in then. Go on, reel him in. Um, 
<laughs> against L'Oreal. This is a hugely important game in the context of United season, Andy, isn't it? If they can go there and get a result to top the group, everyone would feel so much better without those two needless matches in February, which are bound to be against Barcelona. I'd like you to say the word. Know, I think the script writers might want Ajax or Juve instead. No, Juve can't even make it now, is it? No, Juve can, can they? Like just about, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. If you, if you know the UEFA scriptwriters who do not exist. Why Juve, by the way? Why, why would that be? A, that'd be a Paul Pogba reunion, wouldn't it? Ah, of course, if he's fit. The UEFA screenwriters who do not exist. There is no conspiracy rigging any draws, but there's quite a few potential narrative ties. Oh no, I, w- in the play. I want Frankie De Jong to step out <laughs> at Old Trafford in the Europa League, so we can all have a jolly good chuckle at him. Andy, how important is this match? What sort of shape are Larry Allen to face Manchester United? It's a huge game and it feels great that we're talking about a huge game in the Europa League without an ounce of condescension. Um, San Sebastian's a fantastic city. Their stadium will be full probably for the first time. Really good stadium now. Loads of United fans are going. The weather's been really warm even in the north of Spain. They've won every game in the group, as we know. Technically, they've got some very good uh, players, but I still think Manchester United can go there and do it. That's how confident I am of the team at the moment. If you look at the two teams' domestic league records, they're almost identical. If L'Oreal draw against Betis tonight, then their record in the league will be exactly the same as Manchester United. So, not top of the league, but they're in a good place. They've got a good manager. They're they're doing all right. I I think, if if you want to push me and say what's going to happen, I think Manchester United can go and beat them by a couple of goals because they've got better, better players. Yeah, and that's what they need to do, of course, to top the group. What about Harry Maguire? Or Victor Lindelof to partner Lissandro Martinez? I would say you keep playing Harry Maguire, um, if only to for, to keep the betting in process for games to come. So United aren't going to be playing at home in the Premier League again to, no. until the World Cup happens. So give Maguire again the run on Thursday and also again give him the nod against Aston Villa just to keep getting those minutes up. Yeah, he's sort of his place to keep until until it changes now, I guess. And, and and that's funny, isn't it? Because Andy Victor Lindelof has been really good when he's played. We were praising him. I think you were praising him, weren't you, after the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the game here in midweek? It's going to be as strong as possible, though, isn't it? Bruno Fernandes now is banned for the Aston Villa game because he picked up his fifth booking of the season, so he's sure to play. But I think it'll be a full-strength United eleven, Andy, won't it? He won't be taking any chances with it. No, it'll, it'll go really strong because want to avoid uh, the the two extra games in February. If that ends up then being Manchester United, Barcelona, we'll all be up for it and all excited about it. But it, it would be better if I'm being sensible about, about it if Manchester United can go through as group winners. Play them in the last 16 instead, can't we? <laughs> well, uh, M- Manchester United should be playing Barcelona. Um, it, it frustrated me that the two teams went 10 years without playing each other. There's been some great Barcelona sides and Manchester United sides who've never met each other. And yeah, I, I would absolutely welcome that. Ideally in the semi-final. Ideally Paul Scholes coming back from retirement and shinning a goal in. <laughs> I once spoke to um, Eric Abidal about that semi-final. And like, yeah, we smashed you that night. And he's like, no, nah, we weren't at full strength. Yeah, you, you fluked it. I went, what? What are you on about? He went, look, look what happened next year. So <laughs> they need the spring taken out of their step. And every time I go to a Barcelona game which is frequently, I've got to walk through the Sala Roma and the Sala Wembley. So they've named their executive suites after. Oh dear. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not into that at all. So uh, to to, to beat Real Sociedad would be really good for Manchester United. They're playing Real Betis tonight and 
they're going to see if 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 they if they draw that they'll have exactly the same record as as Manchester United. Of course, there'll be lots of great preview to that game on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber, don't forget, you can do that now for just £1 a month for the first six months. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Man United pod. Right, we've just got enough time to reflect on a very important happening. I like to share with you guys, of course, we all do, what goes on in the Talk of the Devils WhatsApp group. And there's been crisis talks today because Andy Mitten has been hacked on Twitter uh, for the second time in just what two months, Andy? It's really about time you updated your password from one, two, three, mate. <laughs> I'm laughing about it, but I've still not got my account back, and no. whoever's got control of it is posting pictures of me mum out. I mean, my mum doesn't. My mum's not bothered. <laughs> my mum's 73 years old, and she's gone back to work on Friday as a barmaid in Manchester. And I, I said that on Instagram, and whoever's hacked my account, it's, it's pretty sinister, isn't it? You know, someone's got your account. Oh, yeah. It's horrible, mate. I'm joking about no, it. I know, I know. Right. And Especially when they're posting pictures of your family as well yeah. that no, you've not posted on Twitter. No, I mean, it's, it's a match day, and you know, in, in, engagement is what I'm asked to do as part of my job. We had a new United We standout today, big interview now with John Murta. I would have plugged it. I would have, I was gonna say, I would have said, yeah. buy oh, it. A lovely front cover designed by Stan Chow. Stan Chow? Uh, love Lovely front cover, really enjoyed it. Just picked up on the way to Old Trafford this afternoon. Dan's a top man and he's um, been doing some of the, the front cover designs. I was going to ask you, Carl, you're from Leytonstone in London. Is, is that a West Ham area or is it Tottenham? Little things like this. Look at him deflecting now <laughs> so we can't talk about his password. Um, uh, Anthony Langer. It should, it should be West Ham territory. Geographically, the closest ground is uh, Lansdowne Road. Lansdowne Road? Which should be That's in Ireland. Brisbane That's Road, uh, Lansdowne Lane, Br- Brisbane Road, which is Leighton Orient, uh, and then I am West Ham territory technically, but uh, obviously I'm a child of the nineties, so the school kids were, were Manchester United or Arsenal fans. But are are you a Cockney man? Do you have like in in your house? Did you have like a grand piano and have a big old Cockney knees up around it? Uh, yes, uh, and also when I went to play, when I also <laughs> when, I, when I was playing rugby, uh, we had one in the rugby club, and I would uh, don a pork pie hat. I take the madness very seriously, despite my 31 years of age. Could you do a they proper Cockney accent? Band. Could you do an East End Cockney accent? <laughs> if I tried, it'd sound a bit like um, Don Cheadle out of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's a good look, actually. That's quite strong. We mentioned United. We stand the other United fans in Red News. They had a brilliant article about the Cockney Reds because Manchester United support in London is historical. And we'll race you back to London. Yeah, that's what. That was what the West Ham fans were, were today, weren't they? Yeah. Some of Manchester United's most loyal fans are from London, and and I've been for like 40, 50, 60 years. And the Cockney Reds was a thing, you know, filling the trains up and travelling to all the matches. So, big shout out to the Cockney Reds who've made the journey back from Old Trafford down to uh, London with West Ham fans on the train. You can enjoy these journeys once again. Yeah, that's that's a good point, actually, to be fair. Um, before we go, though, I must say that if you have seen anything uh, on Twitter related to Andy Mitten, to be serious for a moment, please report it because I wouldn't want anyone to fall uh, for the stupid scams that are on there at the moment. Andy, good luck with getting your account back as well. Absolutely, mate. Just out of interest, what's the password going to be next time? <laughs> I thought I had a really sophisticated one, which was Man United. And uh, oh, yeah. obviously, 99. I've got I've got two-part notification after I was hacked a couple of months ago. I don't know why this is um, happening, whether someone might have an issue. <laughs> and what I... And I have been speaking to Twitter because a lad who was a good footballer in Manchester, he works over at Twitter in California. So I had to wait for him to get out of bed on Sunday. Friends in high places. They've been taken over. So they've got issues of their own at the moment. And I think I've been uh, wrapped up in all that. Either that or 
e- Elon Musk thinks I'm a knob. <laughs> there could be that, I suppose. What a great place to leave it. So, <laughs> hello if you're listening, Elon. Um, thank you, Andy, for joining us as always. Good luck with getting your Twitter account back, Carl. Thank you for keeping me company here in the press box at Old Trafford as well. We'll be back after the match on Thursday against L'Areal. Andy, you'll be at the game, won't you? Yeah, I'm going to Lisbon for a few days. There's a thing called Web Summit on and a couple of the athletic writers are going. There's a lot of footballers go there. We do interviews and we go to seminars about how to avoid being hacked on social media, that sort of stuff. And then, Well, that'll come in handy then. <laughs> and then I get to San Sebastian on the, on the day of the game. I'm really looking forward to it. I, Iberia, make sure my flights are on time, please, because I've got a pretty tight connection with it. But any, any, for any Reds going to San Sebastian, what I would say is get into the old town. The pin shows, they're like one, two euros. The food is absolutely fantastic in that city. Wash it down with a, a few beers. The locals are friendly, and there's no reason why it cannot be a really good European away trip, especially if Manchester United can, can go through as group, group winners. I'm only a little bit jealous. I'm so jealous. Yeah, it is the the great away game of European football. One of the great ones. Enjoy, and we'll speak to you after that. Thank you again to everyone. See you on the next one. Bye bye. Athletic.